You're listening to Simple Ritz Radio, episode number 120, and today we're diving into gratitude, but not the traditional gratitude that we talk about all the time. This is a little bit different. Welcome to Simple Ritz Radio with Alexa Sherm. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. And now your host, Alexa Sherm. Welcome back to this podcast. My name's Alexa, and as always, this is the place to get healthy, live happy, and find more joy. Today, we're going to talk about all three of those things with what some believe is the highest form of healing, and that's gratitude. Now, today, I wanted to talk about gratitude, which wasn't originally on the schedule, but given that it's the month of Thanksgiving, I feel like it fits really well. And to top that off, I feel like gratitude is all over the internet right now, which is really awesome. But at the same time, have you ever questioned why practicing gratitude is so difficult? And if it's not in your life, then kudos to you. But for most of us, myself included, gratitude and the practice of gratitude is so challenging. So today on the podcast, we're going to break down a different view about gratitude with four things I think that we're missing in the conversation of gratitude and five ways to practice gratitude today. These aren't your traditional ways, so stay tuned as we dive in to gratitude, what it means for you, and how it could change your whole world. So stay tuned for that. But before we get to today's show, I just want to remind you that the Nourish Planner is out. Yes, the 2019 version of the Nourish Planner is live and it's shipping and you're going to want to get your hands on it. I honestly love this product so much, not just because I co-created it, but because I really believe in this tool to help you stop schedule shaming, to break free of all the extra obligations, and to really just get focused. And even more than that, to help put yourself a priority, not in selfish reasons, but really because we cannot serve out of an empty vessel. So the only way that we can give more to others, to give more to our job, to our family, to our kids, to everything that you want to be giving to, you have to fill yourself up. And that's what the Nourish Planner does. It helps to schedule your entire life with an emphasis on filling you up to help you live nourished and to break free of schedule shaming, getting you out to do the things that you've always dreamed you could do. So to get your hands on your own Nourish Planner, head on over to nourishplanner.com, check out the 2019 version. It comes in two sizes. And take note, this tool we are gonna be using in the upcoming project that I have yet to release, but I keep teasing, that's coming out to you the first week in December. So stay tuned the first week in December to get all the details, but you're gonna wanna be a part of it. It starts January 1st. Okay, that's all the announcements for today. For right now, we're going to get back to gratitude. Like I said, this is not the intended podcast that I had planned for this week. Um, In fact, this is kind of an off-the-cuff podcast, but I really feel like in my own life, it just kept coming up over and over. This, This need for gratitude, this need for the surpassing peace that I continuously hear talked about inside the Bible. And and this drive to have that peace so that I didn't have to be chained to worry and anxiety. Anyways, over the course of the last few months, I've really been diving into this. You could say even over the last year, I've really been diving into this. But what I've been learning is that Thanksgiving is the critical element in overcoming worry and anxiety. It's it's a critical element in just living with more joy and more happiness. Talked to Allie Worthington on the show last week, which if you haven't listened to that, you should go back and listen to that as 
just like weight, we have a happiness set point and that can change, right? Like the cool thing about all of this is that our minds are moldable. They're elastic, right? They have the ability to change. And that's what gratitude can do is that it can actually change our minds for the better, which changes our entire perspective of life and our health. So today we're going to learn about gratitude. And like I said, the reason this comes up is because we all know we should practice gratitude. But I look at it and think, why is it so difficult to stick with? Like even a few weeks ago, I was texting a friend and we were just kind of talking about the struggles of the world and life and, you know, our own motherhood seasons. And one thing that came up is like, okay, let's just tell each other five things we're grateful for every day. Like if we could just get our mind focused more on the positives to see more of the good things that are constantly happening in our life, could it distract us from the negative? Could it outweigh the negatives, right? And so we did this for one day, like one day, right? Like it sounded like a really great idea, but then the next day came and new trials came, new worries, new anxieties, all the things, and it just got pushed to the bottom. And I just look and I think, if this truly is one of the highest forms of healing, why is it so difficult to stick to? Like why is writing five things we're thankful for so difficult? And what I was diving into and uncovering was that it's not necessarily the matter of writing those things out, right? Like the act of being thankful, the attitude even of being thankful, it's pretty easy to wrap your mind around. But just like anything, if it's not who you are, like if it doesn't have a sense of purpose in your core, like if it's not just a natural overflow of who you're becoming, then it's not something that we're going to stick to just like health, right? Like if it's not something you desire at the core of who you are, it will never work. And the same thing goes with Thanksgiving. And I will tell you that I don't think any of us, myself included, would sit here and say it's because we're not grateful, right? Like we all want to be more grateful, but we can't be more grateful without changing who we are, right? Like we can't do those things and force those things upon us when still our core message is somewhat wrapped and entangled in negativity. We're going to uncover all this, like I said, because gratitude to me is something that we should all be doing every single day. But it has to be more than just something we do, and it has to be something that we are. Like it has to be a part of who we're becoming. And I think there's a big difference. So if you want the big point of today, it's this. Gratitude cannot simply be something that we do, but gratitude has to be who we are, right? Like it has to be a piece of us about who we're becoming. And so let's talk about that. Let's first start why gratitude matters because like I mentioned, gratitude has been shown over and over in the research that it's one of the highest forms of healing. I mean, I think it's crazy to think that thoughts, right? Like these ideas, like gratitude is nothing more than thoughts, the beliefs, right? That those aren't just things floating around in our minds, but those have true biological power inside of our body. And so the scientific reason for gratitude and what happens inside the body is that all of these emotions and all of our thoughts have some kind of frequency attached to them, right? Like think about the radio. Those are words that we hear and without seeing them... (laughs) They just float through the air, right? But we know that sound isn't just nothingness. It is something. Everything here on earth is something. And sound is due to a vibration. Same thing goes with our thoughts. So what we speak has a vibration to it. What we think also has a vibration to it. And this is where the emotions have such power inside the body. Not only that, but like these vibrations, of course, are interacting with other 
cells inside our brain and other chemicals which release a series of neurotransmitters and hormones inside our body that are affecting every cell. But that thought starts with a frequency and that frequency determines the neurotransmitter and hormonal output. So thoughts, gratitude, they're not just things that don't have any merit to them, right? Like these are actually having a biological influence in our body. So say we're consumed in negative thoughts of worry and anxiety, that frequency of worry and anxiety is much different than a positive one of gratitude. Each has a purpose, but they also do different things inside the body. The negative thought processes are are producing a stress component inside the body, right? Like they're, they're releasing stress neurotransmitter and stress hormones like cortisol that are putting our body into a stress state. On the other hand, what we know in research is that gratitude actually is a positive hormone. It's one of healing and restoration, and that's why it's tied to healing and health so much. But it helps your body go into parasympathetic mode. It helps to slow down and to release more positive neurotransmitters and positive hormones that help our body to heal and rejuvenate itself. So those are just like the very bare bones of what gratitude is doing inside the body. But the research is really pretty incredible. I mean, there's just tons and tons of research coming out that it can help things like helping you sleep deeper, experience less pain, increase the amount of time that you can work out without fatigue, strengthens relationships, enhances your emotions, and like I said, helps you to more easily reach parasympathetic mode, which we could all use a little help in that category. But I just wanted to pull up a few research articles that are specific to gratitude so you can see. So for instance, there's a really recent study that was done involving 300 adults who were mostly college students who were seeking health counseling at a university. So they recruited the participants just before they began their first session of counseling. And on average, they reported clinically low levels of mental health at the time, specifically related to anxiety and depression. So researchers randomly assigned the study participants into three groups. All three groups still received counseling, but the first group was also instructed to write one letter of gratitude to another person each week for three weeks. So essentially, they wrote three letters of gratitude. The second group was asked to write about their deepest thoughts and feelings about negative experiences. So the second group's intent was just to journal about their trauma. And the third group did not do any writing. They just attended counseling. What they found was that compared with participants who wrote about negative experiences or only received counseling, those who wrote gratitude letters reported significantly better mental health for 4 to 12 weeks following their writing experience. So what they found was not only was their mood increased, right? Not over not only did this gratitude help them to feel more positive, but it wasn't just in that moment. It was for 4 to 12 weeks after that writing experience. They even did brain scans following, and what they found was that it was true on the brain scans as well. So not only was what the participants telling them to be true, they were also seen on the brain scans. At three-month increments, they found that gratitude showed greater activation in the medial prefrontal cortex, which was also found three months after the letter writing began and six months after, meaning gratitude not only has an impact right then, but it has an impact for months and months to come. And even more research dove into the fact that maybe initially gratitude isn't something that you can feel. Is it having a positive benefit? Yes, but it's having a bigger benefit the longer it goes on. So for instance, you practice gratitude in the first day and you expect all these rah-rah great feelings to come, right? Like your anxiety and depression to automatically 
decline, disappear, whatever you're looking for. But what they're learning is that in those three weeks that those participants were writing notes of gratitude, it wasn't until that writing trial was over. So about three weeks in before the participants actually starting to feel the difference. However, on brain scans, things were showing up immediately. It goes to show with anything, right? Like we can't have the quick fix. This isn't a pill that's instantly going to solve your problems, but long-term and why making this a part of your daily rhythms can make such a huge impact on your overall health and you will eventually feel it long-term. So you just have to stick with it. Other studies have found the same thing. Like psychologist Christian Jarrett suggests that the more practice you give your brain at feeling and expressing gratitude, the more it adapts to the mindset. You could even think of your brain as having a sort of gratitude muscle that can be exercised and strengthened. The more of an effort you make to feel gratitude one day, the more the feeling will come to you spontaneously in the future. So what they're saying is that gratitude, you can create gratitude sensitivity inside your mind. Like some of us, it's like insulin sensitivity or leptin sensitivity, like where our body no longer responds to that, right? Like our body in some cases are so prone to negativity, which at no fault to you, We are consumed with negativity. You turn on the news and everything's negative. I feel like even on social media, everyone's sick or everything seems to be going bad or it's this perfect picture that we're never living up to. So there's just constant influx of negativity. But what they're finding is that you can retrain your brain and the more that you practice gratitude, the more sensitive you'll become to it and basically saying the more you'll feel it when you experience it, which is pretty awesome. So there's tons and tons and tons of research that does state that, yes, gratitude is one of the highest forms of healing. Not only that, but gratitude is one of the highest elements of happiness and lasting joy. So gratitude is something that we have to figure out how to make more part of our lives, right? And so today I want to talk about four reasons or four points that I don't think are getting enough of a mention when we talk about gratitude and why I don't think that writing a list alone is good enough. Maybe this is because it's not good enough for me, right? Like I've tried, if if nothing else, I have tried to start a gratitude list more than about anything else. And what I find is over and over and over, I cannot stick to it. And this is what got my wheels turning about the fact that gratitude cannot be as simple as something that we do. It has to be who we're becoming. And so today I want to talk about four big points. And then at the end, I promise to give you the five ways that you can start to practically practice gratitude, like practically practice. I mean, is that, is that a good word format? I don't know. Anyways, let's get started with the four things. So the first point is that gratitude is an issue of the soul. So again, when we take out that gratitude is an attitude, if we just throw that out the window and if we get rid of the fact that gratitude has to be something you do, we have to uncover, okay, if it's not those things, then what is it? Like where are we falling short in the practice of gratitude? And I really believe that it has to be a soul issue, which I know can be controversial, but this is where I come in and say, I can't budge on the fact that I really believe that there is a faith-based aspect to health. There's a faith-based aspect to life that we cannot deny, right? Like we were here on purpose for a purpose and we cannot deny that. And outside of faith, I think that we lack the hope and the purpose of life that provides the gratitude, right? Outside of hope and faith, we're left with a lot of worry and a lot of anxiety. And especially when we're outside of a faith and a savior that who came back to rescue us. So I know, like I said, that not everyone believes the same thing, but I can't 
I can't go back on what I believe, and that is that we have been sent here on purpose with purpose and that we are rescued from the sinful world, right? Like the sinful world that causes all of this trauma in our lives. So what I think we're missing in gratitude is that it's a faith-based issue. It's not a to-do list issue. It's a faith-based issue. Sure, we can be grateful without a spiritual component. But like I mentioned, long-term, they found that gratitude is connected to a higher power. This is not just my beliefs, but they're finding that those who have connection to a higher power are more grateful than people who don't. And I don't say that lightly. Like I said, there is a strong basis for faith in the health world. There has to be. And while we like to separate them, we can't live without it. It's a foundation for health because in faith comes the change of the core of who we are. So when I say it's not just about what we do, but it's about who we are, this is where faith is. Like we have to have a faith flip in order for ourselves to be truly grateful at the core of who we are. Without that soul change, right? Like without us really grasping the faith aspect, are we left with empty gratitude? I mean, That's what some researchers are saying, right? Like empty gratitude in the form of what I was trying to practice, of just writing things down in the moment, really trying to feel them, but long-term, never having a grasp on my life. And even though, you know, I have a strong faith, it wasn't until I made that connection that I had to have that soul switch in my heart to really see all that I'm thankful for. And so practically, what does this look like? So over and over in the Bible, I've been reading the Old Testament, which I kind of recently fell in love with. And over and over, it talks about remembering God, right? Like remembering in that moment what he delivered them from. Remembering that he provided everything that he said he would, that he was there for his people, right? All of these things over and over, they created quote, like stones of remembrance, like God commanded them to write down ways in which they could remember all that he had done. And honestly, once I started to grasp that and read it over and over, and I started hearing it on other podcasts, and Allie talked about it on her own show, The Allie Worthington Show, with Craig Rochelle, who wrote the book Hope in the Dark, which is a really great book. But they were just talking about what would change if we actually sat down and remembered all the little ways that God came through and rescued us in everyday moments, right? And so I bought the five-year journal, which is fantastic at remembering things. I'll link it up in the show notes. But I just started every day just writing little ways that I saw God come through, that I saw him rescue me, right? That I saw him being faithful and just everyday little things that I was grateful for. And it was in that that I realized that great gratitude is not something that I'm going to chase. It's not something that I'm going to earn, but it's something that's been given to me. It's a grace and it's a mercy and it's a love that can only come from faith. And so that's where the faith component is. And that's point one of what I feel like gratitude is missing is that there has to be some kind of soul transition to get out the core of who you are to really make our view less about this downward view about life and negativity and what's happening here in this world and open us up into a world that's so much bigger than us. And that's where the faith component comes in. And I think it's one point that we can't forget in the gratitude issue and Having that, seeing all that God's doing, remembering him and his goodness has really changed my perspective on what I see in this world. Like all the little things that I've missed for so long and I discounted as nothing. Now I feel like I have more awe, like I'm more childlike in that again. And I can really see things for what they are. I mean, I'm still a work in progress, but that's point one is attaching a spiritual component, having a soul shift that helps you to really see gratitude for what it is. The second thing is, 
is that we forget to challenge our thoughts. Now, this kind of goes back to what we said in the beginning is that our minds have a lot of power in how grateful we are, right? The less grateful we are, the more we're focused on negativity, the more our mind stays there. The harder it is to switch to positivity. In fact, this is true. They've found that the more negative thoughts you have, the more negative hormones and chemicals that you'll release in your brain to go to every cell. And once those cells start picking up a lot of negative components, I mean, there's more scientific definitions for that, right? But all these negative um, responses are going to cells and your cells have to pick them up. They'll actually change the receptors to be more negative base. So the same goes for positivity. The more positive you are, the more positive receptors you have in your cells and the more likely they are to pick those things up. So your cells will evolve or transition like in epigenetics based on the environment that you're providing it. So the more negative you've been, the more likely you are to stay in a negative rut. Like I've experienced this, right? Like when I get trapped in that and when I live life so long in that negativity, it's so easy to stay there. And it's really hard to pull yourself out. But once you get yourself out and you get yourself more in a positive state, you can tend to stay more positive once your cells adjust to that. It goes based on the flow of what's naturally happening. Again, not always by choice, but really comes down to that heart change. But one thing that we have to do is, again, to challenge our thoughts. And this goes back to our whole mindset series. So just a little recap on what happens in our mind is that we have the conscious mind, we have the subconscious mind, and the unconscious mind. Remember that only about 15% of the things that we think in any given day are part of our conscious mind. Our conscious mind is what we're seeing, the reality in which we're living, right? Our environment. Our subconscious mind is a version of our own created reality. Like this is the stored filing cabinet. The same goes with our unconscious mind. This is our past experiences, like all the things our body has stored over time and also what our body perceives or what our mind is perceiving based on the thoughts that we're having. So our subconscious mind isn't always based on truth. A lot of times it's based on false realities or false beliefs that we've told ourselves. Now, how is this possible, right? It's basically the story you've told yourself over and over. Like every day, what is it that you wake up and tell yourself? Now, I didn't used to believe that you could think yourself into something, but I think that there is some merit to that and the fact that how our biology works. Like, yes, the more you think positive things, the more likely you are to be a positive person and experience positive things. The same goes for negativity, right? The more likely you are to think negative things, the more likely you are to experience negative things. So I think that there is some value there just based on the view of our reality because you could put 10 people in a room and they all could have a different experience, right? They could all be creating a different form of reality based on their subconscious and the unconscious mind interacting with what truly is happening in the conscious mind. I mean, this is a little complex, but it makes total sense when we understand that most of our day is living out of the subconscious. So why do we have to challenge our thoughts? Because most of the things we're thinking may not be a true perception of reality. So when we have all this anxiety and worry happening in our lives, and when we see all this negativity, I want you to stop and I want you to question that. Like, I think that there is value to holding every thought you have captive and putting it on trial. Is that true? Like if I hold that thought next to reality, to what I'm consciously seeing in my view, does that have any room to stand on? 
And so once we start challenging our thoughts, once we start creating a better story inside our minds, we will naturally be able to be more grateful people. It won't be something you do, but it'll be a version of who you're becoming. And so one right way to do this is to change the story you tell yourself. But in order to change the story you tell yourself, you have to understand what is the story you're telling yourself, right? So I want you to think, what is it that you tell yourself every day? And this just is an awareness. Maybe have a journal and just write out the things that you really believe about yourself. And then I want you to hold that up to you. Okay, what are you thinking? Like, are you thinking when you look in the mirror that I'm never going to get thin. I'm not deserving of money. I don't deserve this relationship. Like, what is it that you're telling yourself? Because those thoughts are what are creating your quote unquote reality of your subconscious, which could be a lot of false beliefs and a lot of wasted energy. So challenge your thoughts. And this is just a random note, but I found these statistics really interesting. So according to the Bureau of Standards, only 8% of our worries and anxieties are worth concerning yourself about. That means that 92% are pure fog with no substance at all. Get that. Only 8% of all the things that humans worry about are worth worrying about. The other 92% are invalid, right? They're just an unnecessary waste of energy. So they equated about 40% of the things you worry about will never occur. 30% are things that have happened in the past or things that you have absolutely no control over. 12% are needless health worries. 10% are petty miscellaneous worries. And only 8% are real legitimate worries that are worth any time and effort at all. I mean, how astonishing that 92% of the things that we worry about on a daily basis are not worth our time and energy. And what if we could create a better reality to overcome those? Would we be more thankful? I mean, I definitely think that it's really hard to see the, the positive when the negative is so strong in our life. So working to fight that, to distract our minds with positivity can help with this so much. So that's number two. Number three is that we limit gratitude. Like we put gratitude in a box. We, we put it in a box of a, that it has to be a list in a journal or that it has that gratitude can only come in certain sizes, right? Like I'll be thankful when we attach a condition to something that is unconditional. And once we make gratitude about a condition, about adding up to something, we will have a harder time to experience it because here's the truth. Gratitude can only come from seeing the small things. They say, if you don't acknowledge the little things, will you miss the big things? And I I think that's true with gratitude also. If we miss the small things to be thankful for, when we then miss the big things, like will it not be enough? And when is it enough, right? Gratitude is a means of satisfaction, but we can only practice gratitude when we take away the conditions. When we take away the thought that I'll be grateful, I'll be happy when I reach a certain size. I'll be grateful when I have X amount in my savings account. I'll be grateful when my boss gives me that promotion I deserve. When we take away the condition and you're just grateful for what it is in your present right now, that changes things. That changes who you are at the core. So number three is to know that gratitude doesn't have conditions. It's unconditional and it can't be placed inside a tiny box, right? It's not something that can be boxed up and it's going to look different in different phases of life. There's a seasonality to gratitude, which brings us to number four. We're bad at receiving gratitude. And I think that we can't like, just like love, like we can't love others without accepting love. We can't give something without receiving something and knowing the feeling that it is. I mean, sure, right? We could think that maybe we're not worthy of receiving things. Maybe it 
it's a sign of weakness to ask for help. Like there's a lot of things that we run through our minds that make us think that we are not worthy of help, that we're not worthy of accepting anything, that we have to work for and earn it. The truth is, is that there is something so powerful about being on the receiving end of gratitude and that you're able to experience that in a different way and you're more likely to express true gratitude unconditionally to other people. So in order, just like anything in life, right? Like it's like a muscle, it's like willpower. The more we practice gratitude in the true sense of what it is, the more likely we are to really be able to experience that. The same goes for love. The more we're able to love in unconditional ways, the more we're able to accept love and be loved, the more likely we are to express love in unconditional ways. There's a security there. And I think that we have to get to a place where gratitude isn't something that we just give and we can't receive. They're, they're, we're limiting gratitude at that point, right? Not only for ourselves, but for the person who's giving it to you, whether it's a compliment or someone's offering to give you help, right? Like someone's wanting to come in and help you. Accept those gifts, take those gifts, and then use them not as a sign of weakness, but use them as power to help other people. So those are the four big things that I really feel like we're missing in gratitude. And I wonder, what could change? Like, what could change if we could wrap our minds around the fact that gratitude cannot, it will never be something that we just do, but it has to be about who we're becoming. Sure, there's some discipline to this, right? But it can't be as difficult. Like, we can't take such an easy task as writing five things that we're all grateful for, which we could all come up with in 0.2 seconds, right? An endless list of things we're grateful for. But why? Why does it never happen? And I think it's because we put gratitude in such a small little box and we forget that without it flowing from who you are, it will really never have the meaning and the health benefits that gratitude has been shown to induce. So what could change? What could change in our life and our happiness and our joy and in our health if we could truly make gratitude be an overflow of who we're becoming? I mean, I think that's pretty awesome to state. So it starts with those four things, but here's five practical ways that I feel like would change how we practice gratitude. So one is to make it personal. I think that there are just people who are not good at making lists, especially at the end of the day before bed, I being one of them. Now, I think it's fantastic if you have a gratitude journal because you can go back on hard days and and see what you're grateful for. Occasionally inside my Nourish Planner, I will write things down. But I'll be honest, the five-year journal and just following along with where I see God and and what I see um, happening in my own life, how the story is unfolding, has allowed me not to just see what I'm grateful for in the moment, but to be really grateful for the future, which has taken away endless amounts of worry. I mean, truthfully, like, don't get me wrong, I still am there. But being thankful, like being grateful for what's going to happen in my future is a totally different perspective than being concerned and worried and really protective of that rather than allowing that to happen. So make it personal. You don't have to put it in a box. It can look like a lot of different things. For me right now, it's a five-year journal and it's less about writing specific things I'm grateful for and just watching how the days have unfolded. That has made me more aware and more grateful in the moment. So even though I might not write it up in the journal at the end of the day, I'm, I'm noticing that I'm grateful for little things, like little things that my kids do or sunsets at the end of the day, which sound really cheesy and I used to hate that, but it really has changed my perception of the world into this place of like cheesy, everyone does that, we're just saying that because we think we should into like this awe-inspired kind of attitude. So make it personal. 
Maybe you're really good at buying flowers, like buy flowers for a friend. Maybe you're great at handwriting notes. We know that handwriting things changes gratitude and health perspective, creating more long-term value. So handwriting notes, asking someone out, just giving compliments, smiling at someone, make it personal, make it something that is you. Because the truth is, while there are a million ways to practice gratitude, you won't do it unless it's who you are. Number two is start small. I know a lot of us live with the go big or go home mentality, but that doesn't work for anything and it doesn't work for gratitude either. Start small. Just let one small thing come to mind every single day of what you're grateful for. And I promise, I promise that once you start seeing the small things, you will start seeing the bigger things as well. It's like starting your day off right on the right foot, right? Like breakfast. How you start your day is often how you end your day. Can you find one thing in the morning that changes your perspective, that makes you really grateful for waking up in the morning for this day, for whatever it is that you're grateful for, and it will help you be grateful over and over and over again. Remember, gratitude isn't how big you go, how long your list is, or even if it costs money. It's less about what we do and more about who we're becoming. So start looking at little things in life and doing little rhythms that will align with gratitude because sometimes all it takes is like a simple little gesture to change your entire perspective. So start small. Number three is use social media. I think social media gets a really bad rap and I think that there's a lot of merit to that. My own life, I've taken the last week off social media because it became a really bad mind space for me and it wasn't healthy for me at the time and I was just angry at it. (laughs) Um, I hope you understand that. But what I really am thinking about now is that whatever tool we have in front of us, even if it's something that we dread, we have a choice in how we use that and how we perceive that, right? So what if instead of using social media as a drag, right, as something that really doesn't fill us up, what if we use it? as an accountability tool to express gratitude, to make our Instagram feed and our Instagram stories about what we're thankful for, to be awe-inspired by the little things in life and to recount those ways. Like what if we used it for good, for gratitude, and less about measuring up or comparison or trying to stay up with the Joneses, whatever Instagram and Facebook and all the social media channels have become? What if we turned it into a positive place. And I think that's only something that we can individually choose to do. But I think that we could use social media. It could be one of the greatest tools in holding ourselves accountable to becoming a face of gratitude. So that's number three. Number four is take a sabbatical. I think that there is something to slowing down, to really stepping away, getting away, and just seeing the world, seeing your life for what it is, like taking a hundred steps back, maybe taking two or maybe a hundred steps back from your life and kind of zooming out and seeing it as a whole. Like I know for me, it's so easy to get caught up in the little details and the projects that aren't getting done in the to-do list and doing X, Y, and Z and getting all these health things done that I forget to really step back and just be inspired, like just be in present with where life is now and to really enjoy that. So sometimes it means taking a step back, slowing down. Maybe it's an Instagram or social media sabbatical, the opposite of what I just told you, but that can be really healthy. Maybe it's taking one full day off a week, like taking a true biblical sabbatical. This is something that we just started instilling and it has been a mind saver, right? Like to prevent burnout, all the things of just one day of rest in the form of worship has been huge for us. But you could take, you know, a week-long sabbatical from work, like just taking time off to just spend in life. 
So taking a sabbatical can be really good. Of course, these are all things that maybe require a little bit more planning um, in some cases, but really using that as a priority, I think taking a sabbatical can be a really great way to get gratitude flowing. And then number five is to give in ways you love, to practice gratitude in ways that you love. Like I said, there's nothing wrong with having a gratitude journal. In fact, I think it can be a really great tool to go back and use, especially when you're struggling. But I think there are a million and one ways to practice gratitude and how cool to use that as an expression of who you are, right? Like how much more meaningful is it to do something that is truly you rather than just trying to fall into the standard of what we've been told gratitude is? So that's my encouragement to you in all of this is to take those tips and use it, right? To use it, to practice it every single day, to start to be more aware. But remember, gratitude is only a means of who you're becoming. So before we can give gratitude about going out and giving, I think that we have to really take this inward look and understand what is it that we're grateful for and how can we use that to give in other ways, right? Because gratitude isn't a means of just giving, although that can be a great form of gratitude, but a means of looking inward and really being in spot, really being in awe of all the blessings that we have. So again, those five things are is make it personal, start small, use social media, take a sabbatical, and give in ways you love. Basically, be you. Remember, this is the season of gratitude, but don't practice gratitude wrong. Practice gratitude in the right way. Really start to uncover, okay, this can't just be for a season, right? We have to have a life of gratitude forever, kind of like health. Like we can't just go on a diet to lose weight for the holidays. I mean, we could, right? We can just practice gratitude through the holidays. But what we know is that doesn't have lasting results. If anything, that creates more burnout. So instead, I hope that you're on board with me about making gratitude about who you are, who you're becoming, right? A part of you and let that overflow through your life. That to me is the only way in anything that we're going to experience lasting change. So that's my encouragement is to take some time to ponder gratitude, to be thankful, maybe to have a journal of remembrance of what God's doing in your life, to really start to see the small things. And in a lot of cases, that's taking a lot of steps back from your life and just viewing it a little bit further away so that we can see more of what we have going on. Remember, we can challenge our thoughts. We can change our mind. And that's what's so awesome is if we really did this, like if we were a group of people who really put an emphasis on true gratitude, doing it the right way, could we transform our minds to be a positivity? Like, what if we started this now? Could that change what's about to happen in the new year? Because I think we'd go into the new year with all these ideas of resolutions and all the things that we want to do, but without this practice of who we're becoming, without this mindset of gratitude, are we missing out on what it is that we could be living in, right? Like, Are we struggling with our resolutions, with our goals, because we're living in this vicious cycle of negativity and not being able to recognize what it is that we're thankful for because we're so overwhelmed? Like, are we missing out because we have such a downward view of life? And what would change if we could really make gratitude a part of who we are? Could we look up and see life with a different lens, which means seeing our goals in the new year with a totally different vision and view? Like, how awesome would that be? So my hope for you, my goal for you today is to start challenging your idea of gratitude. Is it something that is really you or is it just something that you're doing? Make gratitude about who you are and who you're becoming and I guarantee it will change so much. 
So like I said, for me, this looks like journaling different ways that I see God in my everyday life. It's looking at the small things and trying to put positive spins on every little thing that comes my way. And I know that there's discipline and changing your mind to positive thinking. So trying to override the negative things with positive things. And that doesn't always mean just putting a positive spin on whatever really feels harmful that or hurtful. That's really hard to do. But sometimes it's just distracting my mind into what is positive. Like sometimes it's getting away from all the negativity and distracting myself with something better, right? So there's lots of ways that we could do this. I mean, little things could just be smiling at strangers, right? Like just being a joy and a light and seeing what that does for you because gratitude isn't just something, it's not just about giving. There is something to getting something back and I guarantee you will feel something different when someone smiles back at you. Okay, that's it for gratitude. I know it was a lot. It was a little longer than I thought it was going to be, but clearly I'm a little passionate about this topic and I hope you found it valuable. Like I mentioned, this was not the intended show for today, but I think it was something that has been on my heart a lot and I really wanted to share it with you. So I hope it was helpful and I hope this year that it's not just about a list, but it's about something so much more and that is who you are. So take some time to ponder that. Head on over to the show notes as I give you 20 additional ways that you could practice gratitude this season. But remember, those are only beneficial if it's a part of who you are. I also wanna know what ways could you practice gratitude that show who you are? Like start using social media as your accountability tool. Make sure you take me at Alexa Sherm so I can see all of the ways you're practicing gratitude. And don't forget to head on over to the show notes to get that full list of 20 ways to practice gratitude this season, a little different than normal, but you can find that at simpleartswellness.com backslash 120. Again, that's simpleartswellness.com backslash 120. All the show notes are over there. Also hop on my email list because I have some awesome things coming your way for the holidays and some inside look into that challenge that's coming up in the new year. You're going to want to stay tuned. All the details come out the first week in December. Don't forget to grab your nurse planner because you're going to need it for that. That's the only thing that you'll need at the beginning, at least. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, thank you so much for tuning in. Later this week, I'm going to be sharing five tips and a quick bonus episode on how to be healthy this holiday season. It's not your average tips, but you know, they'll make a difference. So stay tuned for that quick bonus episode. The following week is the famous gift guide, right? So it's a little Q&A, breakfast with Alexa, as well as my favorite holiday finds that I think would make great gifts for the new year. And then we're gonna get right back to it, talking about the immune system. Yes, how to stay healthy for the holidays. So there's an inside look at what's to come. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Simple Arts Radio. I will see you back here this Friday for a bonus episode on how to stay healthy through the holidays. Until then, have a good rest of the week.